What is up, Buff Nation? Welcome into the DMVR Buffs podcast. We are presented by Illegal Pete's. Check out any of their 10 Colorado locations for happy hour at 3 to 6 p.m. every single day. My name is Jake Schwanitz. Will Darkey is here, but we need to welcome in our guy, Mitch Carroll of DMVR Rapids, also Merchel of All City. Mitch, what is up, man? Welcome to the Buffs pod. Let's go. I'm so hyped. I'm so hyped. This is my favorite time of year, man. I'm. Let's go. I'm jacked. Hell yeah. I love that. Will, what is up? People know you. How are you doing, though? I just want to reiterate the favorite time of the year. Like, I don't know if there's a better month than March, and it's. Uh, I'm loving every day so far. All right, then. Let's not waste any time, guys. Let's get into it. We'll start off with what we saw on Saturday. The Buffs welcomed in the Utah running Utes into town. And the Buffs ended up pulling out a win, 69-60. to 60. Julian Hammond stood out to me. He was fantastic in relief of K.J. Simpson, who, of course, has mononucleosis. He will be out of the Pac-12 tournament. But, Will, what was your biggest takeaway from the game on Saturday? Yeah, I was nervous um, looking at the starting lineup when it just got rolled out that day and you didn't see K.J. and you didn't really know why you didn't see K.J., but you saw that you had Hammond and Ethan Wright in the starting lineup. It was like, okay, this is going to be, it's going to be interesting. But uh, I think my biggest takeaway was the role players stepping up and you had four guys in double figures. Like you said, Julian Hammond led the team or he tied Tristan De Silva with 15 points. And yeah, it, it just, you got a double, double from Neek and just guys stepped up when it feels like you haven't been getting them to step up much this season. And so I think that was my biggest takeaway. Yeah. Nick Clifford's first career, double, double Julian Hammond. I mean, he filled the stat sheet, had five assists, five steals. He had three rebounds to go along with those 15 points. Um, Mitch, I know you haven't been as locked in as we have been on Colorado Buffs basketball, but what has your impression been of the Buffs so far this year? It's been very up and down. Yeah, I mean that the inconsistency. It's you know some games you see this team and it's like oh these guys are like like these guys can lock it in with anybody right you, you know both UCLA games you know ninety percent of the game was pretty awesome man maybe that's a little much but you know what I mean like they have yeah. these stretches of competition where it's like oh oh okay like there's something here and then you know you follow it up with a bad loss and you know all of a sudden you're looking up to a lot of teams above you in the standings at the end but um, I mean defensively is probably where I would, you know, be most focused in on this team. They can really lock it in when they want to. Um, Ken Palm backs that up too. They're, uh, I think, 15th in defense, according to Ken Palm, um, for adjusted defense. And uh, they're, that end of the four is really fun to watch. The entire Tad Boyle era offensively, I think, has not been that fun to watch. I don't, I don't love the sets they run, but the players tend to make up for that just with some improvisation and, and, you know, shooting when they can. So, um, you know, I think if a run happens right in this tournament, which, you know, we're obviously going to get into here uh, for this week, but uh, it's going to be defensively. It's going to be, you know, can you grind out these wins? For sure. Let's get into it. Then the buffs will be taking on the Washington Huskies. The Huskies swept the season series against the buffs. It wasn't really close when Colorado went to Washington. I think they lost by about 10 points in that game. When Washington came to the CU Event Center, however, three-point game, uh, the Buffs were in it to the very end, seemed to choke that one away. Let's start with you, Will. What are you looking for in this third matchup between these two teams, this time a little bit more important? Yeah, I brought it up last pod, I think, closing it out, because um, we 
it kind of was looking like it was going to line up to be Washington and it ended up being that. And the biggest thing is Keon Brooks and you just need to shut him down. The buffs played Washington much better um, during their second meeting in Boulder. But the one glaring problem from that game was you just let Keon Brooks walk in and put 25 points up like pretty easily. It was nine of 12 shooting. Just, he just dominated and got whatever shot he wanted. And so yeah, like Mitch was saying, it's if the Buffs are going to have success, it's going to be on defense. And for the Washington, the biggest assignment on Washington's Keon Brooks. So if you can if you can stop Keon Brooks, then you make Washington a much more beatable team. Yeah, Keon Brooks last, is playing a huge factor. Go ahead, Mitch. What are you looking? Well, for? yeah, last that last game in Boulder, the Buffs had a two point lead with four seconds left. Right, like yeah, it's a sweep, but you have to feel you know com- competitively that. This game is it's almost like you get you should feel confident going into this game, I guess is what I'm trying to get. Like, yes, you lost twice, one you lost at home right at the end. But I don't look at Washington and the stats don't really back it up as like the superior team to the buffs, even if they've lost twice. Right. So that's it's tough. You know, you're sitting here saying, like, oh yeah, they should beat them. They lost twice. So, you know, that sounds kind of crazy when you say it out loud. But one, Tad Boyle in a tournament, give me that anytime. Right. And, and I'm sure we'll get into that stat here in a sec, but um, they're just not a great statistically. They're not in the same classes to you, even if they finished right above them. Right. So it's, it's an interesting dilemma to try and predict this game because everything points to saying, well, they can't do it, but then you just dig a little deeper. And it's like, Oh, actually they should, they should really not be worried about this game at all. For sure, Tad Boyle, 11 and 6 overall in the Pac 12 tournament. But, Will, you have his first round stats. Lay it on us. Yeah, this, I just got this. So there could be a little error too. But from what I looked at, it was 11 and 1 in the first round. And that one loss came in the 2019 2020 season. They lost to Washington State first round. Very forgettable game. But it honestly didn't matter because then we didn't even have a tournament that year. So, um, true. In, Pac-12 tourneys that have really mattered. The Buffs have been 11 and 0 in the first round, so they yeah, they, sh- they awesome. show up in Vegas. So, yeah, I think I saw uh, Ted Boyle's 26 and 21 career postseason uh, for the Buffs, not career. Sorry, um, that does not include Northern Colorado. But um, yeah, 26 and 21. You throw in 11 and 0 in first round of a conference tournament. You got You got to like their chances here. So it looks like the winner of this matchup will be headed to take on the number one ranked UCLA Bruins um, in this tourney. It's a team, Mitch, you mentioned the Buffs have had success in 90 to 95% of their game of the game time against the Bruins. It would be a big matchup, but Will, you've been on the Bruins pretty hard, but you've also said before the pod that, well, this actually may be a favorable matchup for the Buffs. Yeah, I it's kind of weird because we, we only got to see Arizona once and we, the buffs played them pretty closely in the first half. And then Arizona kind of got to start to play their type of game in the second half. But I just, I just don't know if I like the style of play that Arizona plays. I just, I think they would kind of run us out of the building and the buffs defense is good, but I just don't know if it's good enough. And for some reason, I love UCLA as a team, I just, I've got so much confidence in them, but for some reason, the buffs have matched up well with them and it maybe it's strange coincidence, or maybe it is the buffs good defense. They've been able to catch 
UCLA on poor shooting nights and really kind of like stay in these just grinded out, like messy slugfest basketball games. And I don't know, the other thing that just makes this matchup favorable and still waiting to hear details on it, but one of UCLA's best players, Jalen Clark, potentially ruptured Achilles. That's what it's kind of looking like, but the MRI hasn't come back yet. I, he was in a walking boot after, or like during their game this past weekend though. So I just don't think there's any way he'd be ready by the end of this week. So the buffs, if they can get past Washington, it, I don't know. It's a team that they've actually fared pretty well with also down one of their best guys. Yeah. And go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was going to ask you, who do you think is the favorite to come out of this PAC 12 tourney? And is it UCLA? If not, who, I mean, it has to be UCLA, right? I mean, UCLA is a one seed right now, you know, for starting March madness without these conference tournaments. Um, that being said, they look, you know, they've had their vulnerable moments. Like now they've come out of those with wins, but you know, would I be shocked if they lost even to the buffs? I wouldn't be that shocked. Um, I still have to have them as my favorite. Um, Arizona, you got, you know, they, I, I'm not totally sold on, on a sustained run for them. Um, I think they're as good as anyone on any night. Um, I just think between guard play, gotta love tiger um it's it's you know money wise obviously we've both been on dnvr bets enough i would not be putting money elsewhere besides ucla here um now colorado's a team i'd love to bet game to game in this right because i do think they can pick up a couple here and there but if we're talking placing a future right now who's going to win this tournament it's ucla it's ucla's tournament Let's talk dark horses then. We're all in the UCLA bandwagon. I want to hear from you first, Will, then we'll get to you, Mitch. Who is your dark horse in the Pac-12 to win this tournament? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I've tossed out Oregon multiple times now. They mm-hmm. are they ended up being a four seed, and so it's still kind of a dark horse. They're not in like that top echelon of UCLA, Arizona, but I kind of like Arizona State too. Oh, Arizona nice. State, I just... I don't know if it, I just I, I watched that buzzer beater live and that it it charged me up. Like I <laughs> I I don't like Arizona State because they're Pac-12 rival, but even that I was like, oh wow, like that just rejuvenated their season and their bubble hopes. And I don't know, I feel like that shot and that outcome against Arizona just kind of gave them like just a, a kick at the end of this regular season, and they I don't know they got they got a little push into. Uh, the Pac-12 turning that. So I guess they'd be my dark horse. That's my dark horse too. Profile-wise, they are a lot really similar to Colorado, where they're, you know, in the I think they're one. Let me see. I have it right here. They're 124th in adjusted offense according to Ken Palm, but they're 29th in defense. Um, so you know, that's the kind of team we've seen them hit big shots, get clutch when it when it matters, and can grind out wins with a strong defense. So I think that's probably the smartest, you know, if you're really looking for some big plus number odds to throw throw a random future in it'd probably have to be arizona state yeah and another thing just going back to arizona state or it's just teams in general i love finding like i I love sticking to teams that you you can kind of point out a guy that can maybe be their takeover just put the team on their back and lead them on a run and i hate to bring it up but it also it's worth noting that um that last second game winner Arizona State had against the Buffs 
back in December was also Desmond Cambridge, the guy that hit the Arizona buzzer beater. So he's stepped up twice now in huge moments on the road. Um, and just he, he's basically willed the Sun Devils to wins himself. And so I don't know if if Cambridge can keep kind of doing clutch performances like that, then Arizona State could have a little run in them, too, because I, yeah, I just I love finding a player on a team that could maybe propel them more than just an overall like team itself. Sure, we yeah, already the, talked about Keon Brooks. Uh, go ahead, Mitch, if you had something else to say. I was going to say, the other team that's kind of in that same Ken Palm range, at least, would be Washington State, um, where they actually are above both. I think they're above both Colorado and Arizona State. Um, yeah, they're 54th, according to Ken Palm. Um, their defense not as great. Offense, they're in the top 60. So, um, again, if you're throwing darts, trying to find a non-UCLA team, they're, they're profile-wise, they're interesting for a tournament. For either of you, do we think that Keon Brooks is the type of player that you were just describing, Will, that could potentially carry Washington through this tournament and make a run to to steal the auto bid? I definitely think so. He's I'm he's just the perfect profile of player that I I would love. I've talked about this as well, but I'd love to see see you maybe go after somebody like this in the transfer portal. Keon Brooks didn't get a lot of playing time at Kentucky. He just wasn't too happy with his spot there. And so he transfers to the PAC 12 where he has a way larger carved out role. And yeah, he's, he's kind of just crushing the conference. I think he's averaging like 18 points per game and he definitely could just be that takeover guy. And if, if he beats CU, I don't want to, I don't want to like put any bad juju on the game, but if he is going to beat CU, I could also see him just going toe to toe with the likes of a Jaime Hawkes and who says like, Keon Brooks can't help Washington play spoiler too, but yeah, he definitely is that type of player. Keon, Keon is that guy. He had his moments for Kentucky too. I'm, you know, I should probably state it now before we get into the SEC tournament later. I am a Kentucky fan. Uh, I've watched every Kentucky basketball game for a decade or more. Um, but Keon is that guy. He he is athletic. He can play the three, the four. He can play small five if you need him to. He has decent handles um but nice mid-range game he has that dog which is probably the biggest x factor come tournament time is who has that dog and who doesn't um and he can really turn it on um you know in a in a kentucky system where he was the fifth guy on the floor maybe fourth depending um you know he would he would fill the stat sheet without being run for now that he's featured in washington it's uh it's exciting he he uh you know, you said it best. Can he, he can go toe to toe with Jaime, no problem. All right, Mitch, since you're the guest today, I'm putting it up to you here. Do sure. you want to get into the SEC tournament or I know you and Will are both uh, big St. Mary's fans. So you tell us where you want to go here. Oh, I do love me some St. Mary's. Um, yeah. Let's knock out some mid majors first and then we can, we can get into SEC after that. I think the SEC is going to be fun one this year. Um, but yeah, man, St. Mary's. Oh boy. Do I want to put a bunch of money on St. Mary's making a deep, deep tournament run, man. They are, I mean, statistically again, I'm going to keep bringing up these, you know, the nerd stats, but they fit every profile for a tournament winning team, not just a West coast tournament, but a NCAA tournament. They, um, But they also pass the vibes test, which is important. Like they're not just like a nerd team. They are awesome. They're super fun to watch competitive as hell. Um, Yeah. I'm I'm totally curious to 
to hear Will's thoughts on this because because I'm totally sold on St. Mary's. Yeah, St. Mary's is a team that I feel like I jumped on the bandwagon kind of like a popular time. It was, I forget when it was now, but it was the week of Gonzaga traveling to St. Mary's. And I pegged that as like St. Mary's is going to win that game. Like there's, it just, I felt in my mind, like there's no way that St. Mary's isn't going to upset Gonzaga this weekend. And then they did. And everyone's like, all right, St. Mary's is good now. But the the thing about St. Mary's, they've always been a like just solid defensive team. And but the thing that I really like about them this year is their offense is also just a lot more fun. They had this is like for all the college basketball sickos. They had Tommy Cousy, who was their point guard for it felt like decades. The dude was bald and he was just it felt like he was there and like was probably doing the kids taxes at the same time. (laughs) He finally graduates and they have this freshman coming out of nowhere, Aiden Mahaney. And he, in my opinion, should be like a like first team freshman, like he is, he is in that tier of like good for the freshman class this year. And he single-handedly is like making St. Mary's this fun offensive team on top of them already being an elite defensive team too. Yeah. They're seventh in Ken Palm. They're fifth in adjusted defense, according to Ken Palm, 37th in offense, um, which now I think now it's so weird how you get these very specific stats, but um to win a tournament, you basically need to be top 39 in Ken Palm offense and top 22 in Ken Palm defense. You have to be both. Um, and I, you know, those will probably move out further as random teams, you know, that are outside of that win. But for right now, if you if you clear both of those marks, you know, there's only, I think, six teams that, that fit that profile right now. And they're one of them. Um, and yeah, Mahaney's super fun to watch. Um, they're West Coast, you know. Obviously, you have the Gonzaga test, but San Francisco is a really good opponent, too, just in terms of having playmakers and, and shooters and just guys that you have to really game plan around. Um, yeah, they're super fun. That's that, I'll, I'll probably watch more St. Mary's than well, and Kentucky than any other non-buffs team this week. So, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're a really fun team to watch. We're all taking St. Mary's then to win the West Coast Conference Tournament? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I am. I'm also I'm also starting to get high on Gonzaga too, but Gonzaga broke my heart last year because they were my team to win it, and so mm. I'm trying not to fall too far down again with Gonzaga. So I'm I'm still riding high with St. Mary's. Edging your bets a bit. Um, let's get into the SEC then, Mitch. Yeah, I'll throw let's it go. To you, sure. who's your favorite, and what do you think about Kentucky's chances to pull this out? I mean, the favorite. Right. I mean, the favorite has to be Alabama, right? Like they are. I mean, I'm not going to call them the best team in college basketball because I think Houston is the best team in college basketball. But uh, they're they, you know, catch me on a different day, and I might say Alabama is the best team in college basketball. Um, the SEC is a gauntlet, and just in terms of every single coach is a very good coach, right? Not just a good recruiter, but you can they, you know, you're getting like advanced level game plans week in and week out. Um, they pass that test all the time. Uh, you know, they've had some bumps for sure. Um, obviously the whole, uh, player killing someone and being arrested and dismissed from the team yeah. is something that a bit of an uh, issue. Yeah. which like, you know, it hasn't totally reared its head yet. Um, but when it comes down to the grind of postseason play, you know, statistically, you don't have to worry about this team, like basketball, like on the court. Right. But then 
can the grind of a tournament run, can the grind of expectations, is that where that midseason kind of chaos kind of filter itself in? And that's where you start to see it, right? Like when it really comes down to the intense moments of a tournament. Um, but no, they, they, they have to be the favorite. They are so good. They're so good at basketball. And it's, it's kind of crazy that, you know, you'll hear a lot of previews this week and it's not like the basketball will be like a, an asterisk in that discussion. Your thoughts, Will? Yeah. I mean, I agree. Alabama, they feel like the most safe team to bet on or pick, but I, I'll, I'll kind of like alley. So then Mitch can oop with Kentucky yeah, because let's go. <laughs> I, I was low on Kentucky, like late November, early December. They just could not find any rhythm. They were slipping so far and I was kind of losing faith for them just as an at-large team. It was still early in the season. I'm like, I don't know if this team's even tournament worthy. And then they, they got a couple injuries, but they got a couple guys back. They found this starting five that clicked and it it's, it, the numbers, like the just, yeah, like nerd stats again, like the efficiencies that this starting five was putting up was kind of like blowing other starting fives out of the water. Like just, in, it was a shorter um, like amount of time to be able to see like, oh, but you, you got excited really quickly with this team and then there was some injuries again, but I don't know. Kentucky is, they're turning a corner right now. They've got Oscar Sheboy who was, player of the year last year he's still that guy he he just i i love board men board men get paid and yeah like it's i've i've heard um critiques about oscar she it's like oh he's so one-dimensional if you just shut him down like but it's like he's one of the best one-dimensional guys in the game it's so tough to shut him down and then they've got other guys stepping up too and if case on wallace is healthy and good to go, then he's another name to watch out for. But I, I really like the way that Kentucky's trending, man. If they get, you know, like obviously severe Wheeler is, is, uh, hasn't been playing, you know, he's a senior point guard. He's been through the sec, uh, with Georgia transferred in last year, played with Ty Washington. Um, he's been not as good this year as he was last year. Um, but I think that's kind of true for, um, Chibway as well. Kazon Wallace, if he comes back, this guy is going to walk into the NBA as a plus defender, which is really kind of impossible for NBA rookies. Uh, he is he is truly amazing. And then Reeves has just been uh, he just had 37 in in Arkansas this weekend. Um, and then she was just one of those guys like, and you know, this was my argument going into the tournament last year. Obviously, they lost to St. Peter's, and that was the worst game I've ever watched in my life. Um, but you have a guy on the floor who could who's going to have the most rebounds, right? Who's going to alter the paint the most. You have potentially Wheeler, if he's come back and healthy, who will probably lead the game in assists, right? You have probably the best shooter or best scorer in Reeves, depending on who you're matching up with. And you just kind of go from there, right? Like Calipari has his limitations as an in-game coach, right? He's a recruiter. He's a game planner. Feels like sometimes in game is where he can struggle. And that's why, you know, he just has the Anthony Davis title right now. Um, but this team, they've won, they finished 11 and three down the stretch. That's as pretty much as good as any big team you can name, right? That's better than Purdue finished the season. Um, I, I'm just, I, I love Oscar so much. He's one of my favorite college basketball players I've ever watched on a regular basis. Um, and I really want them to pile up some wins for him because 
going out sad to St. Pete is not how I want his legacy to be remembered. Um, interesting stat on Kentucky. If this team doesn't win an NCAA tournament game, it will be the first four-year stretch in Kentucky history without a tournament win. Wow. Wow. That's big. Mitch bringing the stats to the table. Let's pivot to the Big 12. They've been highly entertaining all year, these teams, Will. I know you've enjoyed watching them a lot. Um, is Kansas still your favorite to come out of here? And if not, who? And uh, give me a dark horse team. Yeah, Kansas kind of got rolled this past weekend at Texas, but Texas is such a tough place to play. The Moody Arena, they just opened it this year, and I think they only lost one game so far. So there's only been one loss in that building. And it's it's just all home court advantage in college basketball. It's so dominant. So I, I didn't take too much out of that game, but I just I still go back to Kansas being the safest pick. They've got Bill Self just coming off of a national title. They've got Jalen Wilson and Dewan Harris who just coming off of a national title. Jalen Wilson, I believe today was just crowned Big 12 player of the year. And so they've got the best player in the conference. I just I like I like the all-around metrics of Kansas over the rest, but that Texas win against Kansas, they, that really bumped them up for me too because I've had my doubts about Texas with their whole the Chris Beard dilemma that happened back in December. But Rodney Terry has he's he's picked it up and basically just run with it perfectly, and so Texas is going to be dangerous too. Mitch, I think it's Kansas. I mean, I I agree that I think Texas I like more as a um, NCAA tournament team than I do as a Big Twelve tournament team. Um, I just it's Kansas to me. TCU is team, kind of, TCU is kind of a, an, an interesting yeah. bet for me. They're plus seven fifty. Um, I just I've I've seen enough games of them where I'm like I I like what I see. Um, I think offensively they're really tight, which is you know you need to be able to you just need to be able to execute. It all comes down to execution, and and you know and you know that's why you see some of these. Well, I, I know why it's these freshman teams like at Kentucky that, you know, you don't build those, you know, th- those go-to moments. And um, I don't know. I, it's a team I, I am interested in. Um, and if they can at least make some noise in this tournament would be TCU. Well, do you think uh, the winner of this Kansas state TCU game could potentially win it all? Uh, yeah, I, def- I definitely, I definitely do. Um, yes. I think the, I look at Oklahoma, the 10 seed. They're the worst team in the Big 12. They have played games good enough to win the Big 12 tournament itself. It's every tournament this season or conference tournament feels like kind of a free-for-all, like the Big 10 also does the ACC. But the Big 12 feels like a free-for-all in that every team is good enough. And it's just a matter of who, what what type of game they, they come to the table with. And that's why I, I lean Kansas, just because they are the safest pick. And they have they have more good games or they have more like great games than they do like good games. Let's go to the ACC Miami, the one seed. I know this has been a fun conference as well. Will, where's your mind here? Is it Miami's conference to lose? You think that because that's what I, I've kind of been preaching Miami, but I am Mm -hmm. actually, I'm riding with Duke. Yep. 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 Duke is they're on a tear. I, I fully was expecting them to go to North Carolina and lose just because North Carolina was like backed up into a corner this past weekend. They needed that win because they are so desperate to just 
not miss out on the tourney. And Duke went into Chapel Hill, wore black to North Carolina's funeral, and just <laughs> and they just yeah. I, they hand, they handled them. And I I love it's kind of similar to Kentucky. The Blue Bloods they got off to kind of slow starts, but I love the way that both Kentucky and Duke are trending. And, I, and I'm riding Duke right now. I love I love the way that the freshmen they you can finally tell like their their chemistry. They've gelled together and they're playing a more cohesive game of basketball. Mitch. Yeah, throw a dart in terms of you know non Miami non Duke teams to me. Uh, Pitt at plus fourteen hundred was the only long shot bet I was even kind of curious at, um, but for me it's Duke or Miami. But I I agree on on Duke. They're they're hitting the exact right form at the exact right time, um, and you have you know you have John Shire, so it's it's tough to bet against. On to the Big Ten, Purdue the number one seed. You've got Northwestern up as a two seed. Let's start with Mitch this time. Mitch, who is your favorite to come out of this tournament? And then give me a dark horse here. You know, despite kind of, I think they lost four games in the last month or two. I'm still, I still got to rock with Purdue. Um, The shooters are lethal. They have the most dominant big man in in basketball, not named Oshka Shibwe. Um, And you know, they, they only lost one game for the first three months of the season there, you know, yes, you stumble late that game against Indiana. Um, we'll see probably about a month ago. Now um, they kind of got smacked around, um, but I see this team as fully capable of smacking back, right? Like, yes, they took a couple hits, but um, you just have, they have the, you know, the most unique physically unique person, in college basketball um, surrounded with like really good shooters, like completely. Um, I don't know. I, I still got to roll with them. Even, even seeing them kind of stumble late. I still think that those are more like tests than deciders. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I still got to roll with Purdue. Who's your dark horse? Um, Probably Illinois. If I mean, I mean, cause like you can't just choose like the third seed, right? Um, Illinois is interesting to me in that um, they've really hung tough with a lot of good offenses, despite I don't think having a really good offense themselves. Um, You know, you look at like they had a game. It was actually on at the exact same time as that Purdue game, uh, Purdue, Indiana game. And I spent more time paying attention to Illinois, Iowa. Because uh, it was actually like much more compelling and interesting, and Iowa is also an actually like they have a great offense. Um, but Illinois would probably be—I think they're plus fourteen hundred, plus twelve hundred right now. So again, you're throwing darts in conference tournaments if you're not betting on the favorites, but they're interesting to me. Will your uh, favorite and dark horse to come out of the Big Ten tournament? Oh, I've had some time to think, and I I still can't even like come to a decision. The like I was saying, how these tournaments feel like free for alls. The Big Ten feels like a free for all in like the worst way possible. Like it's just there's so much mediocrity. Like Michigan yesterday, they uh, if they won their game, they would have been the two seed, but they lost their game, so they're the nine seed or the eight seed. And so it's it's kind of stuff. Or I think that was Rutgers. Sorry, Rutgers could have been the. Two. It's some all the teams were basically like right there, and one loss did this and that. And so there's a lot of mediocrity. I feel like in the Big Ten. For a favorite, I like Purdue and Indiana, but I'm just because of this kind of chaos. I think I'm gonna pick Michigan State. Oh, I think I think I'm just gonna ride with Tom Izzo. Um, 
I mean, that's a that's a safe thing to do. Come tournament yeah. time, yeah, yeah. Like the whole saying is January, February, Izzo. The dude just shows up in March. This team doesn't really have like one true standout. They've got Tyson Walker. They've got AJ Hogard, but it's more of this like collective. They've also got a like I don't know. He's got to be like tenth year senior uh, Joey Hauser. <laughs> so I don't know. This team it it's kind of got some veteran play. It's got Izzo, so I, I guess I'll lean Michigan State. I also I do agree with the Iowa pick, though. Outside of they had a bad loss to Nebraska yesterday, they were trending in the right direction. They went to Indiana and blew them out last week. Their Ken Palm profile is really interesting, too. Hold on, I got to find it because I remember being kind of shocked. Um, the Iowa's 35th in the Ken Palm rankings. They are third offensively, but 169th defensively. <laughs> And so that's that's a team that I like hate for March Madness. Like that would be a team that like you you can look at third offensively, but 169th defensively. All they need is like one bad shooting yes game and they're gone. to then to then get upset. And that can also happen in the Big Ten tournament. But I don't know. It just it March Madness is March Madness. So that's where the madness shows up. But then for my dark horse, I I think. I think I'm going to lead Michigan. I don't know why. I've been getting a lot of hate for it lately on my like personal. <laughs> not from Jake. No, yeah, not on my <laughs> on my personal college basketball page. I've been Bugging. I've been siding with Michigan and people are like, "Oh, they shouldn't be in the tournament." But they they're playing every game close. They've had three straight overtime games. They won they won the one at home and then they lost the two on the road. The one being a double overtime to Illinois and then they lost yesterday in overtime at indiana so two like good big 10 teams that they they went they fought the full 40 minutes plus i i just kind of like the way michigan's trending right now with um kobe buffkin he's kind of come out of nowhere and he's a lot of like nba teams are starting to put him on put him on their radar as this kind of like pro level guard and he's showing up uh, Doug McDaniel is a guard to watch. And then they got Hunter Dickinson, who's another one of the better uh, big men in this league of big men. So I, I think I do Michigan as my dark horse. Plus there's a chance you can, their coach might get in a fight, which is awesome. That makes it, that makes watching them super True. fun. Oh yeah. So fun. <laughs> uh, well, you wanted to get into the big East. Um, is Marquette your favorite here or late on us? What do you got? The Big East, I love the Big East because almost all of these teams don't have a football team. And so they like live and breathe college basketball. And I'm going to go with UConn as my favorite. And the reason I'm Whoa. saying UConn, they're trending well right now. I, I keep saying trending well, but I that is like my biggest thing with March is I love being able to follow the teams all throughout the season. Just, so you know, when they were good, when they were bad. And UConn started out the season dominant they were so good they like i think rose all the way up to top five in the ap poll and then they lost like six straight and everyone's like okay they were frauds but no they they got their bad play out of the way they had to figure out why they were playing bad and now their guards have figured it out they've got adama sonogo who is one of the best big men in the big east and the other thing that i love with yukon is that the big east tournament is played at madison square garden which is just a little like hop skip and a jump for yukon fans and so that's where you get like if well, it's like 10 years old now but kemba walker cardiac kemba oh, yeah 
UConn fans take over Madison Square Garden and basically just make it home games for this tournament. So I'm going to ride with a hot UConn team that will have some semi-home games in the Big East tournament. Mitch, who you got? Man, this is such an interesting conference this year. Like Marquette is really good. They're the one seed. Um, I think if I was picking a winner right now, I'd probably go Xavier. Um, only because I've learned how good they are via betting against them because I've been thinking that they're frauds <laughs> all season. And every time I think that it's going to be time to prove that they're frauds, they've, they haven't, um, they've just been steady. Um, which to me is kind of the, like, yeah, you, you know, you definitely want to get your bad play out early, but they haven't really had a stretch of bad play, like an extended stretch. Like, you know, like. UConn was bad for a month and they're good. They're good again, which is nice to see come tournament time. Um, Xavier's just been super steady. I think I'd probably pick them. Um, And then, man, some of these teams are really bad though. If you're looking at like a dark, like a dark horse for this conference, like some of them are really bad. Um, St. John's maybe, but they also, I mean, like, like I thought that was the game that Xavier would be like, would get tripped up on and they beat them by like 25 or 30 or something like, um, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't pick a dark horse in this conference. Cause I think they're all really bad. <laughs> I think it's super top heavy. I got a dark horse. Let's hear it. Uh, Villanova at the six seed. I, I love Villanova right now. They, they've got so much veteran experience and they didn't have it at the beginning of the year. Um, Justin Moore was he was like their guy with Colin Gillespie last year. Shout out Denver Nuggets now. Um, but yeah, let's go. Yeah. But Justin Moore was another one. He it was kind of like the one, two punch for Villanova and he ruptured his Achilles in the elite eight last year, maybe sweet 16. I'm forgetting. It was deep in their tournament run. So he helped them make a deep tourney run. Then he got hurt. And so then they lost him. And they lost the next game. He was then out until I want to say January came back. It was a little rough for the month of January. But then he found his footing. Kyle Neptune, like first-year coach, helped, he found his footing with Justin Moore in the lineup, and now they've kind of caught stride at the right time. They I think they had two ranked wins in the past two weeks. I, I, just, I just like the way that Villanova's playing basketball, and they have Justin Moore back, who he's that veteran leadership. And they've also got one of the best uh, freshmen in the country too, Cam Whitmore, who will be an NBA player. So... Villanova was a, a fun team to watch in that sense too, just because they've got NBA level talent. Let's get into the the sicko segment here. Will you're watching some Fordham basketball right now? Am I correct? Uh, not Fordham, Furman. Oh, Furman. Furman. <laughs> there you the go. Paladins. The Paladins. One of my favorite mascots in college. Um, let's talk some uh, mid majors that could potentially make some noise in the NCAA tournament here in a few weeks. Uh, Will start us off. Who you got? Um, well, so yeah, I can say that Furman just won the SoCon championship, so they officially punched their ticket to the big dance, and they'll probably be sitting around a 13 seed. So I like Furman, but the team that I want to highlight is Drake out of the Missouri Valley. They won the Missouri Valley yesterday on Sunday, and they they just look they looked dominant. I I'm not gonna lie, I hadn't watched too much Drake up till the game yesterday. But they went up against, they were the two seed in the Missouri Valley, and they went up against the one seed Bradley, and they just handled Bradley. They beat him by like 20 or 30. I, I forget the final score. 
But the thing to watch about them is um, Tucker DeVries. He is the son of the head coach there, and he probably could have gone somewhere else. He could have gone bigger, but he followed his dad to Drake, and he's just lighting it up. He's Missouri Valley Player of the Year, and he's that kind of guy that could single-handedly will Drake to, I think, like not even around a 64 win, but like around a 32 win. I think they are a sweet 16 potential team. Mitch, you got some mid-majors that we uh, we needed to discuss here? I mean, Drake is definitely, I think, going to be the team that, that a lot of people pick as the mid-major to make a run, which always scares me, right? Because as soon as the high, you know, the, the, the lights get brightest on these teams that aren't actually like that good when it comes to, you know, beating an Alabama or a Tennessee or a UCLA or a Houston, um, it doesn't end up happening. Right. Um, so I kind of like looking at these teams that haven't made the tournament maybe ever, right. Have these crazy stories for me. That's Kennesaw state. Um, they won the Atlantic sun, um, they beat Liberty. So you love to see that. Um, in 2020, they were one in 28. Um, they went five and 19. They went 13 and 18. They're 26 and eight this year. Um, that is their first tournament ever. Um, I think the Owls, they're fun. I don't know. That's one of those teams where it's like they'll be a 16 or 15 or, you know, probably a 16. Um, but it's going to be the like if any of those low seed teams make a run this one can be really like the story is there for this to be a fun team probably going to lose by 20 if they don't it's going to be cool as hell yeah kind of going off of an empty chamber man i just that point where like these teams that people kind of jump on they're like oh they could be the team that wins but they you haven't really seen them play the good opponent i got a team that has they aren't in the big dance yet but they're they're trending towards it it's kent state out of the mac mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they i want to say they're the one seed for the mac tournament which starts in a couple days and so they still have to win it but they i honestly think they could be hovering around an at-large bid too but hopefully they can win the automatic bid because i think they'd be an incredibly fun team to watch in march madness they rate out really well on ken palm defensively and in their non-conference play, now I'm forgetting and I don't have it pulled up. I'm gonna gonna try to go off memory. They played Houston, St. Mary's, and oh, uh, they played one other like top tier team and lost by like single digits in every single one of those games, like just absolute barn burner. They like Kent State was able to like play their type of game and force themselves into that game and kind of make Houston sweat and they made St. Mary sweat too. When it, that like looked looking back, it was a much more impressive loss. That sounds weird to say, but like back it, when they lost, it was like, okay, can't say loss to St. Mary's, but now St. Mary's, we know who they are. And so because of that, I also like Kent state more for the way that they fought early in the season against St. Mary's. So they're a team to watch out of the Mac. If they can make the tournament, they have a top, uh, I think they're 82nd in non-conference strength of schedule adjusted according to Ken Palm. So yeah, they really have seen that's a better schedule non-conference, which again, non-conference is months ago. Right. So, um, but they have seen some better teams than, you know, that puts them, if you just look at the top 10 in Ken Palm rankings, that would put them one, two, three, four, five. They'd be the sixth hardest non-conference. Right. So they, they've seen a lot of those, um, 
teams outside of their conference that they're used to, which is important come this time is, is how many different looks have you seen? You know, how, how have you been able to game plan for teams you're not familiar with? Um, so I actually really love that pick. And then just one more I've got, they, I need to check their game was playing and I, they were up when I last saw, but Oral Roberts was in their semifinal match for the summit today. And Oral Roberts, everyone remembers them as the 15 seed two years ago who made the great sweet 16 run. But, and I said this on the pod a couple of weeks ago, but they're back. They, they're honestly getting like AP poll votes. Like they're kind of flirting with the top 25 AP poll. Can ranking. I throw out their, their Ken Pong right now? Yeah, they are. Well, they're 60th in Ken Pong, but they're 21st in offense, 128th in defense. Um, They have the 14th, to, uh, ranked adjusted non-conference schedule conference schedule is in the 300s um and then let's see they're 13th um in luck so that's a little you know like luck adjusted rating which is it's kind of a thing you need right like at a certain point luck's a skill like you can put yourself in the right position often enough um so you know you'll you'll win games via luck just because you do the right things all the time um or roberts is is a really fun mid-major team yeah, and just kind of going off that luck, I feel like it goes hand in hand with having a good player that can bring you those lucky moments. And they've got Max Asmus, who was their guy two years ago, and he's still there averaging close to 25 points per game. And he's just he's one of the sharpest shooters in the country. And yeah, um, they're now if they if they win the summit and make it in, they're now looking like they'll be a 12 seed. So they won't be that 15 seed Cinderella, but they still will be a dangerous 12 seed and i i would be fearful whatever five seed gets them in the first round kentucky well i already know it i already know it i'm scarred the peacock scarred me last year dude well hopefully for your sake mitch you're able to get through march a bit deeper and uh, one win just give me one win the one thing about memories the one thing about kentucky i don't want to i want to put any bad juju on it either but it it kind of feels similar to that, like Virginia losing to UMBC, and then they come back the next year and win it all. It's kind of like a little bit of a revenge. You heard thing. it here first. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, little villain arc story. So <laughs> maybe that's what plays out for Kentucky. Except they aren't a one seed, you know, other than that. That yeah. too, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Keep an eye out on the Kentucky Wildcats as we hurl towards March Madness. Guys, we have so many games to watch and get into as you mentioned, one of the best times, your guys' favorite time of the year. Can't wait okay. to get into it with you all. Mitch, it's been awesome having you, man. We'll have to have you back again uh, next week, talking more college hoops. Let's go. Thank you. It was so fun. I appreciate it. Of course, man. And Will, as always, you're the man. Um, we'll be in touch, bro. You actually have a piece that just came out on Tristan Da Silva. Uh, real quick, tell the people about that and plug your Instagram one more time, too. Yeah, so the piece just dropped tonight. It's I talked with Tristan about just kind of he, how he's the next hidden gem that Tad Boyle's brought in. And I, I kind of highlight like Andre Roberson, Spencer Dinwiddie, um, even Jabari Walker, just guys like that who came in as three stars. Like they, they weren't nobodies, but they came in as, as three stars and Tad Boyle was able to polish them into these NBA ready guys and how Tristan De Silva is just kind of on that same trajectory. And I talked to him about like the developments that he's made and yeah, just, um, what this season's been like for him where we've gotten to watch him blossom into the next new star for the buffs. All right, oh, guys. Oh, and then my, uh, my yeah, rant. plug it at CBB uncharted. I'm, I'm going to be breaking down like all my conference tournament picks for the power six 
like this week. And yeah, the content's just going to keep flowing because it is an incredible time. So love it. Uh, Go ahead, Mitch. Uh, Just tune into DMVR Rapids two, two games into the season. Uh, We are the only place for post game. Uh, Altitude doesn't have post game. The radio post game is only like 10 minutes long. Um, so we'll be going live after every game. Um, plus midweek, we got some big guests coming up. Um, so make sure to check us out. There Love that. DMVR, uh, rapid stonks are on the rise. Guys, Let's it's go. been a ton of fun. Uh, can I get a sco buffs from the both of you while we get out? Oh, sco, sco dude. Buffs.